Dramatic Stripes is a weekly podcast that hosts experts on talent, growth making, and mover shaking. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Julianne. And whether you're a loyal listener, hey mom, or accidentally stumbled upon our page, we're grateful you're here. As a longtime recruiter and talent leader in the tech space, I love talking with hiring managers, founders, and industry leaders about how they earn their stripes, the valuable lessons they learned, and their guidance for you, our listeners, about this ever-changing digital world. Subscribe to Catch Us Weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Hello, hello. On this week's episode of Maddox Stripes, we're excited to host Chris Nielsen, a self-described customer-obsessed product manager with a history of working in e-commerce marketplaces and SaaS products. Like a true mover, mover shaker, Chris is also a startup founder in the CPG space. By day, Chris leads product in the tech industry and formerly earned his stripes in the global consultancy space. By night, Well, you'll have to listen to hear what he does outside of work. Listeners, you're in for a treat today, gaining perspective from a business leader and innovator in today's episode. So grab your coffee, pop in your earbuds, and turn up the volume because this is a new episode of Maddox Stripes. Welcome, Chris. It's great to reconnect with you and hear you share your wisdom on our show today. Thank you for that amazing intro, Julianne. That was great. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to have a conversation about all things business and all things beyond business. Excellent. Let's do it. To kick us off, it's Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. What was the highlight of your week, Chris? So personally, I found a house to move into with my girlfriend. So super excited moving from an apartment building to a home, plenty of storage for all the hobbies I've picked up in the Denver area. And then professionally, we'll talk about it a little bit. I actually helped start a company and we had some conversations with an ex-NFL player to endorse it, which was super exciting. Heck yeah, both amazing updates. Congratulations on, on both of those. Well, thank you. So, Chris, tell us what you do in about five words, and then where do you do it? So if I have to limit myself to five words, I would say help customers solve their problems. But I have adopted a mantra for myself that's a little over five words that is delight customers in margin enhancing hard to copy ways, because I think that is the best way to get a strategic advantage in business and still delight your customers. So. I am currently working at a company called Updater that focuses on tech in the moving space. And then by night, as I mentioned, I started a company with a couple guys that were in my network that's in more of the CPG space. It's a smelling salt company. Wow. Gosh, so much to unpack there. First, I love the part about hard to copy. That's genius. And I'm really excited to hear more about both your experiences with Updater and Vive. So let's start at the beginning, shall we? What's the quick and dirty on how you got to where you are now? And with that, how much of earning your stripes was planned and how much of it was being in the right place at the right time? Absolutely. So when I 
left university, product wasn't a thing. I really got introduced to the career of product management through a digital marketing course I took in college. And there was a couple people that came in from a consultancy that specialized in product development. And they gave a presentation about all the different cool things that are existing in the digital space that product companies are building and some examples of stuff that they were building. And I was immediately like, that is what I want to pursue. I really want to go build product. And a couple of weeks before I graduated, I just decided to circle back. I went through the entire interview process again. They ended up extending an offer to me at that point. And it's been no looking back since. I've really enjoyed the product space. I really tried to kind of put in the work and follow up with folks and make sure that my name was top of the list when people needed to find somebody to work in a specific space as a product manager at their organization. Wow. Well, what I'm hearing is persistence is key and timing is everything. Absolutely. Way to stick with it. Thank you. So we've learned a little bit about what you do by day, and I would consider what you do by night more than a passion project at this point. You have a website, you have an actual product that you said you're talking to ex-NFL players about. So tell us a little bit more about what you're doing outside of your nine to five, so to speak. Yeah, as I mentioned, I co-founded a next-gen smelling salt company called Vive, kind of short for Revive. And we're really kind of, it launched a little over a year ago, and there's only three of us that run it, while all of us continue to focus on our full-time position. So it's very much kind of outside of business hours that all this stuff happens to make this company run. It's a super fulfilling venture where I really get to kind of flex a lot of those marketing muscles that I built in college, but never really did anything with going into the product management space. And it's been super fulfilling as kind of an entrepreneur and business owner above and beyond delivering product for clients or for the company that I'm currently employed for. Wow, that's really fascinating. I got to ask, Chris, how did you find yourself in the smelling salt space? Yeah, if you would have asked me two years ago if I would be selling smelling salts online, I would have told you you're crazy. But the product concept was by one of my co-founders. His name's Brian, and he doesn't drink coffee. And he was looking for an alternative to just stay awake during the late night season in the accounting space. And his wife's a nurse. And his wife was like, a lot of the doctors at my hospital and nurses at my hospital use smelling salts to stay awake. So she brought some home for him. He tried them. He hated them. But <laughs> he thought that he might be able to do something to make them just a little bit more approachable to the everyday person. So he started working with a friend's dad that was a chemist. They infused it with some mint essential oils and got that formula right. And then that's really when I came into the picture. They're like, okay, we think we have something that people really want. So they introduced me to the product. I had built a background in photography and video production. So they really wanted to make sure they had like really high quality assets on the site to make sure people knew that it was a legit company. And I tried the product. I was a bit of a skeptic at first, honestly. I was like, you know, I could probably see myself using this, but could I see everybody using this? I don't know. So we actually conducted and I kind of led some user research and market research before we actually went live. Just trying to understand, you know, who might be the target market for a rebranded smelling salt in understanding what some friends and family in the space might actually like about a smelling salt product as an alternative to ingestibles like 
coffee or caffeine pills or something like that. And we got really positive feedback on the prototype and some of the brand assets that we created. And it's really been off to the races ever since then. I knew there was a product there that people are really going to resonate with. Wow, that's so interesting that there's this whole industry that is emerging. From my perspective, there's a lot of people who are looking for alternatives to coffee, like your partner, co-founder rather. And so that's really cool. Yeah, you can see these trends emerging everywhere too. People are turning to all sorts of alternative energy and I feel like we're really well-timed in the space. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. So one thing I love to talk about on this show is career pivots. And I know there are a lot of people who think about it, but it's unknown territory and maybe intimidating or scary. So my first question for you is, like we talked about, you started as a consultant at an agency and you moved in-house. So what surprised you about pivoting into in-house and after being agency side for the bulk of your career? I think like the main thing that really surprised me was how teams are structured differently. And I know this probably varies organization by organization. I've jumped from consultancy and I've only been at one organization post pivot. So I'm sure it's done very differently depending on the stage of the organization or the industry. But when I was at the consultancy, we had extremely well-staffed teams. You can imagine having a project manager, a scrum master, QA, research, all staffed onto the team. And I didn't have any of those when I came to the in-house. The teams are ran super lean. So I had luckily been very cross-functional as a product manager and just curious as a product manager and dove into some of those domains just because I like them and I wanted to learn. And I really had to flex those skill sets when I went into in-house because we didn't have a researcher. So I had to dive in and do some of that research myself. And we didn't have dedicated QA. So I became more responsible for testing the code before it got to production and making sure that we're building a true quality product. That's great insight. When I think about what I want to do next, it's really trying to kind of balance some of the qual I've taken from the consulting side and the quant that I've gained from the updater side and kind of create harmony between those two. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, what signs can people look out for to know that it's time to make the career move that they're desiring to pivot into? What was it for you? Yeah, I looked for two things. I asked myself the question, is what I'm working on still exciting to me? And is it allowing me to grow and learn new skills? Or is it kind of just the same cookie cutter projects on repeat. And I really wanted to pursue kind of some new things and build new skills, which we can get into. And then I also was looking for like, are the people around me pushing me to be my best? And are there leaders that I can learn from and model myself after? And not to say the consulting firm I left doesn't have those, but like I looked externally and the hiring manager that I eventually got the job at Updater from was a mover and shaker in the tech startup and product space. And it's somebody that I truly saw myself learning from. So it seemed like a great opportunity. Yeah, super cool. Those are great questions to ask. And that's a really helpful insight. Let's talk talent. How does Updater or Vive approach talent and hiring top individuals for your space? 
Yeah, I mentioned earlier that the hiring manager, the chief product officer for the role at Updater was somebody that I was really excited to work for. And I remember having one of the most challenging interviews I've ever had in my career with him. And that made me feel even better about joining the organization. I don't remember the specific question that he asked me, but I remember you know, that hiring manager, the CPO responded to one of my answers with, okay, that's the textbook answer. I'm not looking for the textbook answer. Try again. And, you know, that might seem off-putting to some, but that depth of probing into how I think as a PM was extremely refreshing to me. And in that moment, I was like, I know that I want to work for this guy. So that was kind of like, Obviously, let's go to Updater. Let's learn from some of the best in the product industry that's really willing to push me and challenge me. Sure. I like that question. That's, or I like that honesty, that candor that, yeah. that you shared. Chris, you come off as a great leader just reading between the lines. That being said, some people say that leadership is one of the most misunderstood subjects in business. What do you make of that? And what's your definition of a great leader? Yeah, I think people far too often conflate management with leadership. I think a manager is someone you're assigned to work for, and a leader is someone that you're really personally driven to work for. And that's a great example of like me jumping to Updater for that chief product officer that I was so excited to work for. And that's regardless of how the organization is set up. Like I've found great leaders in some of the engineers on my team that I'm like, I truly trust this person and I want to know kind of their opinion on how I might grow within the organization. I think some of the things that I look for in leaders and that I try to live by is really modeling the behavior and the effort you're looking for for your team. I consider myself kind of a product generalist willing to get my hands dirty everywhere. And I think that that comes off really well to a team that is cross-functional and looking for ways to kind of continue to optimize. I think it's really important to create a culture of shared ownership. So like at project kickoffs or retrospectives, make sure that everybody has a voice and everybody understands the goals of what you're trying to accomplish. And that's going to foster the whole team leveling up together. And Finally, you should be really explicit about celebrating wins, but also be really explicit about carrying learnings forward when things don't go as planned. And the second might be even more important. Well, gosh, you nailed that. I think that's great insight, great wisdom. Well, thank you. Sure. I want to know, what have you learned as you straddle building a product outside of your nine to five? How do you find the time and energy to do both? And what can listeners learn from you about fueling their need or desire to do more, follow their dreams to build while also making ends meet? I've really needed to hone my time management skills since introducing you know, a whole new set of things that I need to do outside of the nine to five. It's not possible to maintain the same routine that you have outside of your nine to five when you introduce a new business into the equation. And that business requires you to put in time after the nine to five. Sure. The social life might take a back seat at times to make sure that you're focusing the appropriate amount of attention on your business. But I found that those in your life that are closest that really get it will absolutely understand when you need to do that and will become your support network in these moments and become some of your best cheerleaders. Once you make the leap, I would say it's like actually 
easier to run and maintain than you might think. The final thing that I'll offer, it's become a fantastic conversation piece to kind of break the mold of a traditional conversation when you're out to dinner or at a party. I've observed that there are a lot of people out there that really have the ambition to start a business themselves or pursue something a little bit more entrepreneurial, but they might be intimidated by the unknown. And being a resource for people that haven't made the jump is incredibly fulfilling. Cool. Yeah, that's an added bonus that I, I bet you didn't expect. Absolutely not. Yeah. Nice. Does Vive think about its growth strategy yet? And if so, what does scaling the business look like to you? Yeah, if I've really focused right now on getting and scaling our flagship product. So we have one product. It is a mint oil infused smelling salt. And kind of one thing I've learned is that physical product dev is a lot more high stakes than doing product development in the digital space. Huh. And that's because of the production timelines and the production minimums. There is a lot of stuff on the line for things to go wrong. So right now, we're really focused on growing that one product and making sure that that becomes a sustainable source of revenue so that we can reinvest in R&D for doing new SKUs, doing new entire product lines when that time comes, when we've built up the capital in order to reinvest in those to scale the business in various directions. <laughs> That's cool that you get to learn about a new industry so different than digital products. Yeah, it's really cool. It's afforded a lot of really cool opportunities to engage with people that I probably wouldn't have in the day-to-day -day nine to five as well. And it's a new opportunity for me that I never thought I would have. That's awesome. You're learning so much. So let's talk about you from a personal and relationship standpoint for a moment. Kind of a big one, but what's your why, Chris? When did you find it or are you still figuring out what it is? The hard-hitting questions. I'm glad you didn't ask this one first. Uh, <laughs> I would say that I've found my why to be pretty fluid throughout my life. I would say that growing up and even early in my career, I would have probably defined my why as being the best, like always tr striving to be the best at whatever I did. And that was across academics, sports, work, you know, you name it. I just wanted to be the best. I don't think that anymore. I don't necessarily need to be the absolute best in my field or the absolute best at what I'm doing. At the stage I'm in now, I would say that I'm really trying to maximize life. And that's maximizing life for myself and those around me in my circle. And really doing that so that I can experience as much as possible while I can. I love that answer. Thanks for the honesty. And that's I like that word maximize in that answer. Cool. Chris, how do you ensure you raise other leaders up along with you? I try and be really vigilant when I see growth opportunities for the people on my team or kind of the people surrounding my team. And sometimes team members are really explicit about wanting those growth opportunities. And that's great. And I can do everything in my power in order to get them what they're looking for, for growth. Like even today, I had a developer that really wanted to grow from a public speaking standpoint and a demoing perspective. So we slotted him into the weekly demo that I usually conduct. I had some Slack messages on the side, like, are you sick? Like, why aren't you demoing today? It was like, no, I'm just trying to empower those that, that want to grow in the team. So 
I think that's like a really good example, a small thing that you can do in order to empower those around you and make sure they're getting the opportunities to grow in their own career. That's and, great. Yeah. And like there are others on the team that don't vocalize things like that. They're, yeah. you know, they might not be as proactive about growing their own career, but you can oftentimes tease out that there are leadership opportunities for them or growth opportunities for them just by what they say in the agile ceremonies and product development, specifically retrospectives, you know, that's a great place to say, you know, it's a safe space. Like, what do you want to do better? Personally, what should we do better as a team, and use that as a catalyst to identify opportunities for people to continue to grow within the organization? Yeah, love it. Kudos to you and on that and raising others up with you. And especially those who aren't as comfortable vocalizing their their needs, their wants. That's that's huge. Chris, how easy or hard is it for you to ask for help at work? You know, I actually find it pretty easy to ask for help at work. And I think one of the great things about work and being in a team is that almost always everybody is aligned on a common set of goals and objectives. So asking for help is usually mutually beneficial. I actually find it more challenging to ask for help outside of work because there's always this bug in the back of my head that, you know, everybody's not on the same path individually. And the things that I might be asking for don't directly benefit the person that I'm requesting it from. You know, I can appreciate that it does help build stronger bonds into the future. But it's a much bigger mental hurdle for me than asking for help in that work context. Super interesting. Makes sense, though. Thinking about you know the future, Chris, where is your industry heading next? But looking forward, I see a lot more product specialties emerging. I already see examples in the job market of you know growth PM, marketplace PM, generative AI PM, wow. and technical product managers. Like everything's just getting a little bit more granular. So I really think that product folks will need to be a lot more intentional, myself included, on where they're looking to grow. And the competition is going to get more fierce in those as well. So you'll need to have those tangible examples of where you've contributed to optimization if you want to be a growth PM or where you've implemented AI in your solutions if you want to be a generative AI PM. The people coming into those specialties really need to be able to speak the language of the individual and can't just rely on being the product generalist that we could in the past. That's super fascinating. And, and it's also really promising to think about how many more jobs will exist or are starting to exist as we, I guess, learn more about technology and product development. Mm -hmm. Chris, what's something everyone in the tech and digital space should start or stop doing in order to increase growth and success? Uh, it might seem cliche, but I'm going to say start a side hustle. I've been very fulfilled through starting this side hustle with Vive. And even if it is just a fun hobby at first, photography is what kind of helped me gain traction and get into Vive with my partners. And the perspective you gain that from just doing all of those different hobbies often is directly applicable to your day to day. And it's really kind of unimaginable until you actually gain those insights and can apply them back. Yeah, sure. I love that a hustle led to another hustle. That's great. <laughs> Chris, moving into our fast facts round, what's a hot take or unpopular opinion you have right now? 
I'm going to use a double entendre for hot and say the climate industry sucks at <laughs> operations and talent. I have a friend that just moved back from solar into oil because it was so bad. Wow. Gosh, I feel like I want to unpack that more. Chris, see the future or change the past? Which one would you rather do? See the future. Definitely. As a product leader and a co-founder, how much is your decision making gut-based versus driven by logic or rationality? Uh, well, I guess follow-up question, how readily available is data? Because when I have data, I make decisions with data, but I also don't shy away from making a gut feeling decision and then testing those results. Spot on. What's the last thing you learned? I actually just created a 3D model of a donut because I wanted but... to learn 3D modeling so that I could do some of our own product assets at Vive. I haven't done a Vive bottle yet, but I do have a 3D model donut. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Chris, guac or queso? Queso all day. And lastly, what is one final thought you want to leave our listeners with? I would say start looking for alternative and complementary avenues to be creative and continue to grow, whether that's in your organization or personally. And I would say that these really do have a multiplying effect. I actually got asked to be a part of the Vive team in part because of my ability to create these high quality assets using video and photo that I honed in my personal life, but also everything I brought to the table from the professional standpoint. So start pursuing things that you're passionate about and it will open doors that you can't even imagine. That's awesome, Chris. You know, I hope listeners who have been feeling an itch to start a side hustle or project really do take away inspiration, encouragement and empowerment from this conversation. Thanks for sharing all of that. Yeah, I hope so too. Well, Chris, I can't help but feel proud of you for all that you've accomplished and experimented with in your career. You've gained stellar insight on what it means to build digital products. And now you're taking that greatness to build physical products for consumers, which is just so exciting. And I wish you all the best in all of your endeavors. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. And thanks to for everybody who listened in. I hope you gained something out of this. Heck yeah. Good to have you on Maddox Stripes. So to learn more about our show, to become a guest or further connect, find me on LinkedIn at Julianne Streff. Email me at Julianne at MaddoxDigital.com or visit our website MaddoxStripes.com. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. See you next time on Maddox Stripes.